kick, oh, header away it. by Liverpool. High drop for Jackie Elka. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! everyone and welcome into the newly named podcast the Everton Tactical Pod. I am your host Aaron Onion and as you can see uh, from the title and obviously as I've just said we are now called the Everton Tactical Pod um, just based on the fact that you know we've been focusing pretty much only on the tactics uh, on the tactical side at Everton so might as well give it a name that goes along with that and it just makes things easier um, if you want to follow us on twitter you can do that at efc underscore tactical pod would really appreciate the follow and then uh, subscribe as well if you're listening on apple podcasts or podbean subscribe on either of those two again would really really appreciate that so on today's podcast we're going to give a little bit of an overview of the international break how everton players fared uh, then we'll get into analyzing uh, West Ham and uh, uh, before this game this weekend talk a little bit about how they've done so far this season their current form and then kind of what to expect from them going into the game at the weekend against us we'll then get into how Everton will match up against them talk a little bit about how uh, the game might go formations, things of that nature, uh, and then we'll get into predicted lineups, give a score prediction, and then we will wrap up from there and get going. So to start, uh, overview of the international break, <laughs> this was a typically Everton international break. Somehow Everton Twitter found itself in a bit of a meltdown. Uh, even when the team isn't playing, you just somehow... Everton Twitter is is constantly finding ways to outdo itself. Um, but it really was the most typical international break. Um, Gilfie Sigurdsson missed a penalty. Moise Keane was sent off for Italy uh, under-21s. Seamus Coleman was sent off for Ireland. Michael Keane was dropped due to a poor performance for England. And then Cenk Tosin was very much in the headlines, which caused a lot of debate, again, on, on Twitter. Um, he was – most of the Turkish team, um, they did it m multiple occasions, uh, gave a salute um, after they scored. And obviously there's a lot of stuff going on right now in, in you know, international politics. And um, so – that was a moment of controversy just because of how they were seen as supporting the Turkish government um, against the Kurds. So I don't really want to get into that too much, but it certainly caused a, a lot of debate on Twitter. Um, the other thing was Everton supposedly held a behind-closed-doors friendly against Wigan where they won 2-1 with a, a last-minute winner. Uh, reports were coming out that Everton played in a 4-2-3-1, and uh, so it doesn't seem like much is going to change on that front from Marco Silva. From my personal perspective, it was, again, it was a really rough international break. I was excited going into the international break because I felt like, 
finally Everton aren't playing they're going to ruin my weekend and uh, let alone uh, lo and behold the U.S. men's national team outdid Everton they pulled in Everton um, they lost 2-0 to Canada and it was probably one of the worst performances I've seen from the U.S. in a very very long time so it is very difficult for me personally being both an Everton fan and a U.S. fan uh, it's a whole lot of um, just bad, bad performances, and um, yeah, it's really, really, uh, to be honest, it's depressing, but we'll move on. Uh, so getting into uh, the West Ham game this weekend, West Ham have started the season quite well, though they were just defeated by Crystal Palace before the international break. Uh, they're sitting in eighth place with 12 points, three wins, three draws, and two defeats. Uh, so they're doing doing decently well. Uh, certainly still in a position to, to, you know, challenge for Europe and be right up there in those spots. Pellegrini has certainly done a, a good job with the with the squad, how he likes to play. He likes to, you know, control games by uh, possessing in the opposition's half. He, he really likes to control the game um, and kind of his, his first thing is, is press high and then in that way they win the ball back high up the field, high up the pitch and then get to goal as quickly as possible but if, if it's not on to go forward then they kind of go through that um, that possession type style um, and they certainly like to penetrate in the, in the opposition's half um, he's mixed up their formations a lot throughout the season um, sometimes they've been in a, a staggered 4-2-3-1. Uh, other times they've been in a 4-4-2 diamond. But mostly, uh, well, most recently, they played in a 4-1-4-1 against Crystal Palace. And I analyzed that Palace game uh, due to the fact that Crystal Palace were playing in a 4-2-3-1, which, of course, is, is what we play. Uh, so I, f I felt like it was going to be somewhat of a similar situation and and can kind of give us an idea about how they might look when they come up against us. So in that game, the possession stats were 52 to 48 in, for, in favor of West Ham, but pretty balanced. Uh, it was pretty even throughout throughout the duration of the game. Uh, both teams tried to keep the ball as, as they won it back. Um, well, really, a, as both teams won it back, they tried to go forward right away. And when it wasn't on, um, both teams really tried to try to keep it. Um, so West Ham defended in a four-four-two, sort of a four-four-one-one. But as Noble stepped out of the midfield, Mark Noble stepped out of the midfield uh, and pressed with Haller, um, and and both of them stayed high. So they they were a bit disconnected from their midfield. So the four the four in midfield. We're in sort of a mid-block. Um, they set, at times sat pretty deep, but I think they left the two high. Um, sort of pressed, sort of didn't. It depended on the situation. But they left the two high to give a counterattacking option as Crystal, Palace, uh, sorry, as Crystal Palace's fullbacks did go high, as um, they often do and did in that game. 
so that will probably be similar against us just because we do send our fullbacks high as well. So we, we oftentimes do leave that space in behind to get countered. Um, so I'm guessing that's how they'll, def- how they'll defend against us, uh, especially I think first and foremost, if they'll try and win the ball back high up the pitch, get to go as quickly as they can. But if not, they'll sit back. And again, I think they'll try and they, they'll recognize that we struggle to break teams down. So if they can't win the ball back right away, they're going to drop deep, make it difficult for us to, to play through them, and then leave the two players up high to offer that counterattacking threat. Um, but in moments of sustained possession when it wasn't transitional, West Ham became a, basically was a 2-3-2-3. Two, three, two, three. So... Their center backs, and this was in cases where uh, only one forward would press, which a lot of times Crystal Palace weren't pressing. They would just they were sitting pretty deep, allowing them, uh, allowing West Ham to have the ball um, between the two center backs, uh, and just the one forward would press. Um, so, in in those cases, it, it West Ham became a two three two three. Um, it was. Ogbonna and, and Diop as the two center backs, of course, and then Declan Rice was in there as a single pivot in front of them to form uh, a triangle and, and a numerical advantage around the striker who was pressing. Uh, so they obviously had three passing options uh, to build out of that, out of the back. Um, so the two center backs would be, of course, in the back and um, right around midfield. Uh, and then the fullbacks would go higher to create a line of three in midfield with with Declan Rice, so that's the line of three. And then the wingers would go high and wide. They they would uh, push onto the back line, and then that was uh, Felipe Anderson and, and Yarmolenko. And then it was Lanzini and Mark Noble in midfield, and it was uh, I, I I believe it was Lanzini on the left side of the midfield as the left center mid and then uh, Mark Noble as the right center mid and they would uh, kind of act as uh, they, they would form a triangle with the wingers and then the fullbacks uh, to, to obviously cre- again create triangles and give passing options centrally um, and then Haller the, the, their striker he oftentimes likes to drop it underneath and, and you know bring others into the game he's quite good at at linking the at linking play um and so as he would drop underneath it lanzini or noble or even you know anderson or or yarmolenko would um run off either to exploit that space left in behind by the by dragging the center back out of position or just to balance the attack so um one of the things about west ham one of their biggest strengths i think and how Pellegrini gets them to play is there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of interchange. Um, they're very, very balanced. So if, you know, if, if a winger comes central, then the center mid replaces the winger out wide. Uh, if a winger drops deep to try and receive the ball, the fullback will go high and replace him there. So it is quite good um, in terms of doing that. Their one weakness, though, is is probably utilizing that space quicker so finding those options when they do 
transition, sometimes it is a bit slow in the movement. The movement is good, but sometimes the ball needs to be moved, moved quicker so that they can actually take advantage of that movement and exploit the space that um, as they try and disorganize the defense, they can actually use that to their advantage. Um, but there is actual movement, and I think that's one of the differences between us and them. Their movement is, is, is quite good. Um, so their strengths in general, like I said, they're, they're quite balanced. Their movement is good. Um, they, they generate a lot of chances from wide areas. Their, their wingers are, are very good. Felipe Anderson, of course, he kind of came onto the scene last season um, and it was doing quite well. Hasn't done as well since the start of last season, but he's still, he's still quite good. He's a very good player. Um, but they generate a lot of chances from wide areas, whether it be their fullbacks or their wingers or a center mid getting into a wide area, as I said. Um, that That is how they scored against Crystal Palace. Uh, Fredericks, their right back, got, got, into, um, got into the box and then, you know, just played a, a good ball into Heller who, who was able to get on the end of it and score. Um, their other strengths are, are defending set pieces. They use a mix of zonal and man marking. So they'll have three players zonally marking along the, well, inside the six. And then, the, so they'll do that to frame the goal. So they have a front post screen, a uh, player in the middle who can, you know, clear anything that comes into there, get his head on the end of it. And that's Declan Rice in the middle. So I, th I believe it was... Uh, it was Anderson on the front post as a front post screen. Uh, Declan Rice in the middle, who's decent in the air and can get on the end of, of uh, the ball served in. And then it was uh, Haller at the back post. Um, so, again, that's inside the six to frame the goal. And then the rest of the team is man marking around the penalty spot. So I, I personally like this. I think the way they defend set pieces is much better to the way we defend set pieces just based on the fact that we're strictly well majority um, mostly we just zonal mark so th they don't concede a lot from from their own set pieces uh, their weaknesses though they defending the through ball and transitioning when they lose it is a bit of a bit of an issue for them as I said, they do send their fullbacks highs, and then they've got the two center backs sitting there. So they are very susceptible to getting hit on the counterattack because of the fact that the space has been vacated by, by their fullbacks going high. Um, as I was watching the Crystal Palace game, pretty much every time Crystal Palace won the ball back, they, they looked to spring, whether it be Zaha, Schlupp, or Kuyate. Um, they looked to get them in behind right away, and they would they would constantly, as soon as they want it back, they would slip it in behind, and try and get um, try and exploit that space where the the two fullbacks were were caught a bit high. And and the thing is too, when it was only one uh, striker pressing, both fullbacks did go high, so it was literally the two center backs, and then there was and the center backs were at midfield, so I mean there was loads and loads of space so they look to to stretch them that way it, 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 as I said they play a high line so um, this will I think this is something that's gonna 
really benefit Everton if they do come out and play this way, which I think they will. Um, just because that's the way they played against Crystal Palace, and you know, four two three one. Obviously, it's not the exact same as as playing us, but it's similar. It's a similar situation, and they did leave themselves exposed. Uh, to be fair, they were at home, so it may be a bit different. But again, I think at times there will certainly be times throughout the duration of the ninety minutes where there's going to be space for Everton to exploit. So this could, uh, you know, of course we're at home and that's a benefit for us. And also just the the style of play that West Ham do play uh, is going to be good for us. You know, it's not a case where I really don't see them sitting in a low block. And, And when they do sit in a low block, it'll be when they've recovered so it would be a case where we don't get forward quick enough, quickly enough, and we don't transition quickly enough, and they're able to sit in. And it, it, again, though, it's not really going to be a low block. It will probably be a mid block. So, you know, it's not a Sheffield United game. It's not a, a Burnley game. It's going to be a different type of game, and I think that that's only going to be good for us. Um, Yes, we're in poor form, but tactically speaking, this game is there to be won, in my opinion. Uh, but the, the the biggest thing I think for both teams really is, and and what will be the difference in winning the game or losing the game or drawing the game is those transitional moments. So when both both teams really do get their fullbacks high, we you know we do it, so we get Dinier high and whether it be a Wobi or Bernard or whoever's on the left side or on the wing, the, the winger goes central and the fullbacks get high. So that's really the key to how we play and how we attack. So we've got to be good when we lose the ball and we do press quite a lot as well. So we've either got to win the ball back right away or get our shape again and, and reorganize that way. But it's it's got to be good in transition defensively, but also going forward, we've got to be quite good at exploiting the space that they've left in behind because they do leave a lot of space left in behind with their high line alongside their fullbacks getting uh, forward. So both teams, again, both teams, that's going to be the difference, I think. We've got pace, Richarlison, of course, and I, I think Moise Keane should start. And we'll, we'll, we'll list off the predicted predicted 11, I think, will line up, but I think this is a game for Moise Keane to start. He likes to run in behind. Dominic Calvert-Lewin likes to link play, so this is a game where, honestly, it could suit either of them if, if players are willing to run off them, but I think this is a game for Moise Keane just based on the fact that he's, he's sort of similar to a Lukaku who likes to run off the shoulder, you know, get in behind and dribble at players. So I, I do see him starting, but, again, it's just going to be – how can we hit them on the break? I think that that's going to be what what separates the two teams. So predicted 11 for Everton. I think, again, based on the fact that uh, those reports coming out of the, the closed uh, friendly against Wigan, uh, we played in a 4-2-3-1, so I don't see that changing. Again, Marco Silva hasn't changed that throughout his reign as the, as the Everton manager. 
didn't change it against Burnley when, again, he should have. But I do see him. Uh, I do see him sticking with the four-two-three-one in this scenario. Um, so my predicted eleven then is Pickford in goal, Dinia on the left, across the back line, and then Keane and Mina in the middle. Sidibe will come in for Seamus Coleman. Of course, he's out with the red card, um, one match ban, and then it'll be Schneiderlin. And I think Gomez will probably start alongside him. I think he's he's back fit. He's had um, he I, he was called up for Portugal. I'm not actually sure if he played, but he should be fit by now, I believe. So I think he'll be in there. And then I think, well, I hope Bernard will come in on the left. Um, I would like to see a Wobi central in the in the midfield three, but I do think it will be Sigurdsson. Marco Silva really seems to to prefer him in there, which I I don't really know why. He's probably been one of our worst performers this season. Um, and then so personally, I would like to see a Wobi in there, but it'll probably be Gilfie Sigurdsson. And then off the right, it will be Richarlison. And then, again, I hope that Moise Keane can start because of the space that can be exploited and he can use that pace to get in behind. Uh, and then West Ham, again, I think they'll come out in a 4-1-4-1. That's how they came out against Crystal Palace, who were also in a 4-2-3-1. So you could see that happening again. They're also away from home, so, yeah, I could just see that. Uh, how I think it'll go for them, Jimenez will be in goal. Nathan Cresswell on the left th- uh, as the left back. Diop and Ogbona in the in the middle as the two center backs. And then Fredericks as the right back. It'll be Declan Rice as the single pivot. And then Felipe Anderson on the left. I think it'll be Lanzini and Mark Noble. Possibly Wilshire, but I could see it being Noble um, that's the one question mark I have over there te- uh, with what with West Ham, and then I think it'll be Yarmolenko on the right with Haller as the single striker. I think that I know we've been in poor form, and I know I know we're in a really really difficult moment right now, just because we are sitting in the bottom three, but. This is a game where I feel like we can win. Um, it's a game that suits us. It's a game that tactically we we should be prepared to go in. We're at home. The pressure's on. If if you know if Marco Silva's going to turn it around, it's got to start now. So I do think we will win. I think it'll be three-two, and I hope to see Moise King get his first goal. I think I think that will happen. This is a game I, I think is good for him. Um, so yeah. Again, I know things don't look good right now, but, you know, it hasn't been acceptable. This starts of the season, we're, we might look back on it and think how big of a chance we missed. But the good thing is right now, being positive, is is we're only a few wins away from being right back in the mix. So, again, if Silva wants to turn this around, it's got to start now. It's This is the game to do it. He, if he wants to save his job, if he wants to save the season, really, it's got to start now. We win these next few games, and we're right there. We're only five points, I believe, off like sixth or seventh, something like that. So the league is really, really close right now. Yes, we are in the in the relegation zone, but we're also so, you know, 
it's so tight. So we've just got to start winning games. It's that simple. It's that simple. We've got to turn it around and, and uh, it starts this weekend. So let's hope they can do it. Uh, for all, everyone out there, like I said at the start of the show, if you could share or subscribe this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. And then uh, if you want to follow on Twitter at EFC underscore tactical podcast, or sorry, sorry, I'll say that again. <laughs> at EFC underscore tactical pod. Again, would really appreciate the followers. Um, so that's all for today. Come on, you blues. Thanks for listening.